Hello and welcome to What the Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. I have my good friend, Emily, coming on the podcast today to share her birth story. Fun fact, Emily is actually a labor and delivery nurse with me, and she delivered her baby the exact same day as me, like what, two doors down? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we were little neighbors, um, and our babies, our babies share the same birthday. So I kind of know a little bit about her birth story, like bits and pieces, but I'm excited to like hear the whole thing from your perspective, because I definitely don't know like the details. So thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So first off, Emily, tell me a little bit about, um, your, your family, your partner, how you guys met all that. Yeah. So me and Mark, we met in high school and we actually dated, um, back in 2010 and, um, we dated for a little while and then he went to the army and I went to college and we separated like split ways and and then we ended up getting back together my sophomore year of college and we got married in 2017 and we've just been happy ever since and now we have a new little baby with us yes and what's his name dean okay dean and tell dean us michael dean michael <laughs> and tell us what you do for work so i was a labor and delivery nurse but i quit about two weeks ago and i'm gonna just stay at home with dean but i also have a photography business um, that has been growing the past couple of years. And so now I'm going to do that full time. Yes. If you need a um, photographer in Charlotte, Emily is your girl. Yes. Shameless you. plug there. We, <laughs> you can share your um, Instagrams at the end so people can find okay. you. But okay. So um, tell us first, I know you had a miscarriage before Dean. So tell, kind of take us through, I guess, like your journey as much as you're willing to um, from the start. Yeah, so we decided that we wanted to start trying, and um, we got pregnant fairly quickly. Um, you're actually the reason that I took my first <laughs> pregnancy test, <laughs> because we were trying, and um, we were all sitting around in the huddle room at work, and you said something about, well, just take a test when you got home, and I was like, there's no I way. This. Yes, and so that's how we found out that we were pregnant the first time, and um, as a nurse, you know, I in the back of my mind, I knew that things don't always go as planned and, um, miscarriage is common. Um, but you know, it's always those, it's not going to happen to me kind of things, but unfortunately, um, it did. And we miscarried very early, um, around five weeks that time. And then we got pregnant two week, two months later and miscarried around the same time. So both of our early pregnancies were only about five weeks. Um, but still we were absolutely devastated. Um, I was very confused. We went to a fertility clinic and they didn't find anything wrong. And so we were just kind of, we just tried again. And um, finally we got pregnant um, and I found out in February and something about that one just felt different. Like from the moment that I figured out, I was just so thankful. Um, and it was hard to be excited because I knew that if we lost it again, that it would just crush us but it was seriously like every day that passed we were 
more excited and we could wrap our minds around like maybe this is actually going to happen and um, I feel like that's how we went through the whole pregnancy was just like each day I was happy even even I remember like walking around in the mornings and I was so nauseous um, and I would just say thank you Lord for letting me feel pregnant like I was just I tried to stay so thankful throughout the whole thing and um, even now like holding him in my arms like when I'm feeding him I'm always thinking like thank you Lord like I never thought this was going to happen so um, and I still struggle with, with those losses. It's hard. Um, but having him here definitely makes it, makes it better. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time when I told you to go home and take a pregnancy test, you called me and you were like, Hey, are you with anybody? And I was in a patient's room <laughs> and I stepped out of the room. Cause you were like, I need to tell you something. You can't tell anybody. So I'm like, Oh my God, what is she about to tell me? And you had told me, um, and then I think I had my loss right before, mm-hmm. right, right before you had your, your first one. Right. So me and Emily kind of walked through those seasons together and we're able to just like lean on each other and really obviously miscarriage is something that can feel so, so lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that, you know, I don't think people talk about a lot because it's sad, you know, it's, it's you grief and you mourn. And, um, mm-hmm. we were kind of able to walk through that and just not feel so alone. Obviously there's nothing, I don't think when you're experiencing a miscarriage that somebody's going to say, that's going to make you feel better. Or, um, I don't know, there's just no way to make it better because it's so, it's so just heartbreaking, but it was nice to be able to know that, like, I don't know, to like share that sadness I, I, in a way. I yeah. Guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nobody that hasn't, it's just like any kind of loss or grief that people go through. If they haven't been through that specific type, I don't feel like you can relate. It's different. Um, yeah, it's just different. Like losing a child that you never met that you only had hopes for is, is a very unique kind of pain. And especially when it's unexplained. Yeah. 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 And just the minute you get a positive, you're automatically like envisioning you know, a baby and what it's going to look like. So any loss, no matter how early or how late is just, it's just gut wrenching. And I always said too, I was like, there's just something that like, you know, every loss hurts, like every miscarriage hurts, every, every, all of that does, but there's something like uniquely devastating about losing a first pregnancy because it leaves you with those thoughts of like, well, why did I lose it? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? Mm-hmm. You know, am I ever going to be able to carry a baby to term? Like yes. if you've done it before and have a lot, and that if you've had a baby and then have a loss, it's still like, is awful. But to lose your first one, like, like you said, like you guys went to fertility clinics and couldn't get answers. And it's just the unknown is really scary with that because I remember being pregnant with Adeline that by second pregnancy and being like, well, I still don't know if something's wrong with my body. Like, what if I, what if there's something wrong and I still lose her? And Mm -hmm. every day I remember doing the same thing. Like I'm nauseous. Like I'm more nauseous today. This is a good thing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Pregnancy after miscarriage is just weird. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay. So you found out you're pregnant with Dean. Um, and you said, obviously you had the nausea kind of take me through your pregnancy then, you know, after, um, finding out you're pregnant, how was it? Did you have any like big bumps in the road, any complications? Yeah, no, it was super smooth with him. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better pregnancy with him. Um, I was very nauseous, but I, I was also very stubborn and I didn't want to take any medicine, but I'm just that way. Anyways, I don't like, um, I don't like medicine in general. So, um, I avoided that for a while. And then at the point where it got to where I couldn't eat hardly anything, I never actually got sick during my pregnancy. I just felt super nauseous, um, which sometimes I wish I could have gotten sick. I feel like that might, would have made me feel better, but 
But other than that, and that really passed after like week nine or 10, um, the nausea did. And then other than that, I was, um, I was very active during my pregnancy. I, um, I napped when I wanted to, and those were, I'm convinced the best naps I'll ever take in my life is the naps during pregnancy. <laughs> it's like you go into a small coma. <laughs> you really do. I love how you said you, this is your exact sense. I was really active during my pregnancy. I napped whenever I wanted to. I thought you were going to be like, I walked all the time. I worked out. You literally said, I was really active. I napped all the time. <laughs> I, I was active. Like I didn't feel like I needed to, um, I couldn't, there was nothing I couldn't do during my pregnancy. Okay. Like I normally wanted to, I guess, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I worked at the hospital. I shot weddings. I went to sessions and it was all through like the heat of summer. Right. Um, that was hard, but yeah. And, <laughs> but I also napped. So I guess it was a balance of the two. <laughs> no, those naps though. Like, Oh my God. I tell all my like doula clients, I'm like nap and don't feel guilty because mm -hmm. I was told that. And thankfully I did do that a lot. Um, but then you have a newborn and you're like, so at least for me, I know you, you might have it a little bit easier, but let yeah, me tell I you think what. I do <laughs> over here. Sleep is sacred now. Right. Yeah. And those naps, they're just not as, I feel like in the back of your mind, your subconscious is like not letting you sleep soundly, oh, but sure. when you're pregnant with your first, you don't have anything to worry about. So you just sleep so hard. Yeah. I literally sometimes still like daydream about the days. No offense to Adeline. Um, I love her, but I like daydream about the days before I was pregnant when I'm like, dang, I could just come home and like take a nap or like I could get off of work, come home, shower, lay my head down and just pass out for 12 yeah. hours. And now it's like, I get home and I have a million things to do and to feed her and to pump. And then I try to lay down and then she wakes up five minutes later. And, <laughs> and then always in the back of my head, I'm like waiting to hear her creak. Yes. Yeah. Totally different, man. I miss it that is. sleep. <laughs> okay. So now as your pregnancy kind of advanced, um, tell me like, what were you planning for your birth? What kind of, um, birth preferences did you have? What was your plan for like delivery? Yeah. So I went into delivery with a very open mind because I've seen, I mean, as a labor nurse, I had seen a lot of different things happen. Um, and in the back of my mind, I was also always thinking like, I always admired women that had a natural birth. I was like, that's so amazing. They're so strong. Like they're so in control because as a labor nurse, I, I always told my patients, it's, it's a mindset thing. Like you have to go into it with your head in the right, like your mindset, right. And, um, and so, but I also knew as a labor nurse that a lot of things can happen, um, that you don't plan for. So I just went into it with an open mind and I was like, you know, I would prefer not to have an epidural. I want to be up moving around. And I definitely wanted to experience the pain of contractions so that I could relate to my patients better after my birth. Um, but that's pretty much all I went into it with. I was like, you know, try your hardest, but give yourself some grace if certain things happen. So, and you were planning um, a hospital birth at our work with one of our midwives, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. I wanted to deliver with all my friends. <laughs> yes. I know. Same. It was, it was definitely fun. Yeah. It was okay. wonderful. So tell us how you went into labor. Oh yeah. So I think I should start on Saturday. So on Saturday, um, I shot a wedding. So that consisted of about 12 hours away from the home, 10 hours on my feet. Um, it was September the 18th. So it was pretty hot still. And I remember at that wedding, 
um, the girl that was with me, she said, wow, Emily, you sure are waddling pretty bad today. And I'm like, I know it's just because I've been on my feet so much. And I was super thirsty. I was like, I could not get enough water and I was sweating like crazy. I felt disgusting. But <laughs> anyway, so I come home next day, the 19th on that Sunday was my how baby many, shower. How many weeks were you? Oh, I was 30, 35 and two at this point. Okay. Yeah. So next day was my baby shower. And I had already told my mom, I was like, we planned this a little late. We probably should have done this earlier. I'm huge. Like I'm tired. So set up for the baby shower, have the baby shower. It was wonderful. It was perfect. I loved every second of it. And then unloaded everything from the baby shower. And I changed my clothes and I'm sitting in, I kid you not, a tornado of presents in my living room. And my mom's there and my husband's there and we're looking through everything. And I'm sitting on the floor and I feel something and I'm just like, oh, what was that? <laughs> and so I go to the bathroom right quick and I'm like, okay, well, honestly, maybe I just like peed a little, you know, no big deal. And I went back, sat on the floor again, and it happened again. And then as I was like walking back to the bathroom, I felt more come out. And then I sat down on the toilet and like, I wasn't peeing, but I could hear drops in the toilet. And I just was like, oh no. And so my water broke at 35 weeks and two days. And my memory of this and my husband and my mom's memory is different. Like I remember saying, don't panic, but I think my water broke. And my, pa my mom and my husband say that I said, oh my God. So, <laughs> so I'm really not sure. Like, I think what was happening in my head was different than what was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we had nothing packed because I was waiting on my baby shower to get things to pack, to take to the hospital. And so we went from just chilling in the living room, looking through everything to like frantically packing everything. And it was hilarious. I will always look back on that as like one of the funniest memories because my husband could not even, he was just walking around, putting things in different places. Like nothing was productive about that time. <laughs> I called triage three times before I realized I had to press a button for the, to get to like talk to somebody. Oh my goodness. My mom was the only one that had her head on straight in that moment, but um, that was around 630. And so we got to the hospital around eight, I think. 8 p.m. Uh-huh. And that was yeah. on the 19th. Right. Okay. And then what happened once you got to the hospital? Um, they put me in triage and I was just so concerned that my water hadn't broken. I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to feel like such a loser if I'm a labor and delivery nurse. And I like cried wolf about my water breaking and it really did it. Um, but it was. And um, me being early, I was concerned about like what the plan of care would be. Um, but we were, you know, late enough to where it was, I guess, safe to go ahead and induce me. And um, so they put me in a room and gave me one pill of Cytotec. And um, I bounced on the ball. Like I just was, we were having a good time. I really wasn't hurting. Like I didn't start contracting until they gave me that pill. Um, and then it just, I, I even took a nap. I took a short nap, probably like 45 minutes or so after they gave me that medicine. Um, and then I woke up because my stomach was just getting like tighter and tighter and tighter. And, um, yeah. And then I was in a good contraction pattern all by myself. And so they told me that they weren't going to give me any more medicine unless we needed it. Um, and that's kind of when all the craziness started. And that I would say that was around like 12 or one o'clock. Okay. 
yeah, that I was like in a, I was actually in labor on my own at that point. And then, so at one o'clock you, like you had a decent labor pattern mm-hmm. and how were you coping at that point? Cause I know you said you kind of went into it with an open mind as far as the epidural went. Um, how do you, how were you doing then? Yeah. So, um, I was okay. I was, I was really managing pretty well. The, I was breathing through my contractions I would say pretty well. I was on the birthing ball a lot. I I moved around a ton. Sitting in the bed was like my worst nightmare. So I was not in the bed at all, like throughout my, throughout the whole labor. Um, I was definitely on the ball, standing up, swaying back and forth, like bending over, things like that. And um, my nurse was incredible. She talked me through, I mean, as a labor nurse, I knew some things, but it was super nice having somebody there, every contraction reminding you what will help. Right. Um, so she was great. And then she would teach my husband what to do. And so he was there with me through every contraction and I couldn't have done it without them. Um, but yeah, as we went, it was kind of like, I just took it one contraction at a time. I wasn't trying to think about like the next one or how I was going to get through it. I was just breathing through that one. And I think the only thing about the epidural was as I think I only got checked two or three times throughout my labor. It wasn't a lot. They kind of let me labor. um, And I I get that. Um, But when you're going natural, (laughs) you want somebody to check you every five minutes to be like, okay, yeah, you're making progress. (laughs) Uh, But every time somebody would come in to check my cervix, I would think in my head, okay, if I'm dilated to this number, I'll keep going. And uh, my numbers were four, seven, and nine. And that's what happened. So I was, I was four centimeters. I was seven centimeters. I was, I had a lip left. So that's how I, that's how I kept going. Okay. So as labor progressed, um, what, I mean, what, what, what unfolded, what happened? I know you said you were up, you're moving around the room. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how did everything go? Yeah. So I would say the one thing that I loved was that I had my own labor gown. My mom had bought it for me. Um, I think it was one of those kindred bravely gowns. Um, I was super comfortable in that and it fit me well. So it wasn't like a lot of fabric. And that's something that I remember going through labor was I was comfortable. I was comfortable in what I was wearing. And I also, as soon as my water broke at home, I put on a depends diaper. And so I labored in a diaper and honestly, I loved that. I didn't have to worry about leaking, um, on everything. And, um, so I think me being comfortable helped me like labor because I wasn't thinking about that aspect of it. Like I was art, it was one less thing to worry about. Right. Um, so I remember that. And then I also, another nurse, she brought me in a baby comb and I held a baby comb in my hand. And whenever I would have a contraction, I would just breathe and like blow air out and squeeze the heck out of that baby comb in my hand. And it was like the sensation of it kind of hurting in my hand took the, um, took all my thought off of the contractions that were actually hurting really bad. <laughs> Gosh, I'm surprised you didn't look down at your hand and like be bleeding. Cause I feel I know. like I swear I would squeeze it that hard. <laughs> I know we kept the baby comb. I was like, this was my lifesaver. We can't get rid of that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and so honestly, I feel like it all went very well towards the, towards after they checked me and I was seven centimeters, I was really starting to hurt at that point. I would say up until then I had done really well. So, and I remember the nurses changed at five o'clock in the morning, just because of the way it worked out that day. 
Um, and I remember that's when it got really bad. I was good until 5am. So I had made it almost to, I, I'm pretty sure I was almost seven centimeters at five. Okay. And so that's huge. I mean, I had dilated a ton in a short amount of time. And, um, so I finally got on my hands and knees in the bed and that helped a lot. Like I could, um, I could get like the pressure off of my back. Um, and counter pressure was wonderful. Like my husband and my nurse, they would like, um, dig the palm of their hand into my back and that helped a lot. So, yeah. Um, and then they checked me and I had a lip left and they told me I could not push, but it felt like I needed to. And so they put me in the bathtub, something that I never, ever they thought put I would you do. in the bathtub with they a did. lip. They did. All right. Trustworthy people. Yeah. Well, um, Lisa's a champ. Like she'll, she'll do about anything. Um, <laughs> but she told me, she's like, this is, um, this is going to help. I said, Lisa, Tina, um, Tina was I, I was me. literally wondering, I'm like, wait, but yeah. Tina delivered me a few hours later. So no, it was Tina. Sorry. Um, and, uh, so she said, if I got in there, it would help me relax. And I'm telling you, I was in there for maybe four contractions. And I looked at my husband and I said, we're fixing to have a baby in the bathtub. Yeah. Like I, it was so overwhelming. I felt like, I felt like my body was pushing and I was trying so hard not to, I was shaking. And then at that point, I felt like I couldn't get out of the bathtub. Mm. It's like, I kind of got stuck there because I was hurting so bad. And there's, you literally can't move when you're having a contraction. I had a lift left too at one point and they were like, okay, let's turn you on your side for a few. And I was like, I can't move. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I was paralyzed. Yeah. (laughs) Paralyzed by pain, I swear. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but then they got me back in the bed and, um, they just kind of waited until my body took over. And I kept thinking, well, I don't know how it can get any worse than this. And then it did. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah. How long did you have to like hold off on pushing when you had that little tiny bit of cervix left? Not long. I'm sure your time is not very accurate I know it felt like a long time but I don't think it was more than like 10 or 15 minutes okay and then you started pushing and how how do you think pushing felt would you say because most people you know will be like oh pushing is such a relief how was pushing for you what position did you do I only I was on my back I did only on my back but it's because it didn't take very long and honestly I was having a very hard time figuring out if pushing hurt worse than not pushing Mm -hmm. Um, but the only way that he was going to come out and it was going to stop altogether was to push. So that was my choice. <laughs> yes. That's how I felt. Yeah. That's what I've chose. Okay. So you said you pushed on your back. How long did you push for? I was trying to find, cause I have videos. So I oh, was okay. trying, yeah, I was trying to find like the first, um, video and when that was like the timestamp on it. Yeah. That's like the best mm-hmm. thing about delivering where you work. Cause you get like an extra nurse for photography. <laughs> I, know. Videography. I know she was wonderful. I was so thankful for all of this. I know I video, we have my whole birth on video and I, it is like something I will cherish forever and ever. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So I don't have these because they sent them to me in messenger. And so I don't have oh, the time sample. Okay. I know. So I delivered at nine 57 and okay. I know I pushed for like less than an hour. Okay. That's great. Like total. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was only like 30 minutes, but I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah. And you said, um, I felt like the same way. Like I was like, okay, pushing like made the contraction a little bit better, I guess, but it felt like a watermelon was making its way through my butthole. 
Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I said that in my birth story that I recorded on the podcast, like it literally felt like I was trying to poop out a watermelon. Yeah. But I, I mean, knew the only way to get it to stop was to just get her out. Yes. And that urge is so overwhelming to push that it's like, you could, you can't not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I, I had just started pushing and it hurt so bad. And I told, I was like screeching. I said, Tina, get him out. And I wasn't even crowning yet. Like it wasn't even close. <laughs> She's like, I can't, sorry. Yeah. I was like, I, and I panicked like at one contraction and everybody was like, it's okay. You're doing okay. Um, but then once again, it was all like about mindset. Once I got myself calmed down, I did so much better. I swear. Like you can have, you know, as a doula, like I have a bag full of stuff. I have a bag full of I have a tens unit, a rebozo, tons of different balls, um, essential oils. Like I have a bag full of tools and I cannot tell you how much, like how useful or how useless those things are compared to just like your two hands and your mindset. Mm-hmm. Truly, like there is nothing. It, it really is such a mental game. Like you do not have to be physically have a high pain tolerance at all to have an unmedicated birth. It's all about your mindset. Yeah. And I mean, seeing a lot of deliveries, I've seen women with epidurals be way more out of control than women who go naturally. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence because I'm like, it's going to hurt either way in very different ways. I think, I mean, I've never had an epidural, so I don't know that pain, but I mean, if that just gave me a a new perspective, um, it's going to hurt regardless. So it's just how you handle it. Yeah. It's such a mental game. Like just even when you push, like, just like how you took contractions, like one push at a time, because, um, oh my gosh, I just remember when I'd feel it start, I would just be like, oh my God, I got to do it again. I know. I know. I know. And, and I would just push so hard. And, um, my husband said that he's like, your face got so red. And I know that I wasn't breathing enough because like my extremities started feeling tingly. Tingly. So I, I knew I wasn't like taking big enough breaths, but at that time, like it was, you can only do so much. Right. Yeah. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Okay. So then, um, you had Dean, what was that moment like? Oh my gosh. Pure relief. Um, like in so many ways, I was just so happy to see his little face that we had just, we had wanted to know what he was going to look like so bad. Um, and so just to hold him and to have the contraction stop and to see Mark so excited and to be in a room full of people that know me well, like know me as a person instead of just as a patient. Um, everybody was so excited. It was just, it was very sweet. And yeah, it was, it was just pure relief in every way. Yes, it is. It's such a special, like, even though, you know, you've seen it hundreds of times with labor and delivery nurse to experience it yourself is just crazy. Yeah. And yeah. especially after like having losses, like when, when she came out, I'm like, wow, I never thought I'd actually get here. Mm-hmm. Like truly, I just, it was just surreal. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And how was postpartum, um, you know, those days following and weeks following how was healing, how was recovery? Yeah. So I had, um, my whole reason for wanting to go unmedicated in the first place was to be able to get up, walk around, um, not have that, um, numbness, uh, just to get up, move around. Um, and that did not happen for me. Unfortunately, I had a very bad, uh, we can call it a tear. I'm just going to call it a tear. Um, and that I actually had to have pain medicine after I delivered to get through the repair. Um, I had to have a catheter, um, afterwards and packing. So it was just, um, and I was a very open book about that in the unit too. It was, 
um, it was very unfortunate and I was very upset that that had happened. Um, it just, it was like, what was worth all that hard work, um, going naturally to end up still stuck in the bed for hours after, you know, to recover. So I was very frustrated with that, but there was nothing anybody could have done. It just, you know, it happens. Um, so recovery for me was a lot harder than I had anticipated. Um, just because of that, um, I was, I would say it took me a solid, like three to four weeks to, um, be able to, you know, comfortably ride in a car and sit normally at home. Um, you know, that's a lot getting up and down with a newborn and getting in and out of the bed, things like that. But it definitely didn't take away any of that first, you know, first couple of weeks. It was just another thing that I had to take care of and worry about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That I, I mean, I even remember it took me a, a, a few weeks too to even sit comfortably. It's amazing how, um, you know, it, and, and it's, you'll never be able to compare, but in general, I've heard people say like, oh, it, you know, the healing is better without an epidural. Um, so then I'm like, well, I wonder what it would have been like with one too, because, you know, <laughs> it was not, you know, the easiest thing that's for sure. Yeah. I remember Emily. So I know I said at the beginning of this podcast, I had delivered, you had him at what time? Nine, you said? 9.57. Uh-huh. 9.57 a.m. I had Adeline at 2.08 p.m. So um, literally two hours down from each other at our work with all of our, it was so cool. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily, so after I delivered my tailbone, I, like hurt so bad from all the counter pressure I got, I seriously could barely get out of bed. And I wanted to go see Emily really bad. And I was texting you and I was like, you know, I called you and I was like, dude, I don't know if I can make it two doors down. Like my tailbone is messed up. So you were like, give me a little bit. I'm going to come to you. So Emily <laughs> comes down the hallway of the hospital into my hospital room, comes down the hall, like 10 steps away, um, pushing Dean in her bassinet with her husband. And she's got her Foley catheter in her hand. And it was I carried funny. my bag of urine down the hallway because it, it didn't even cross my mind to empty it out. It was full too. Yeah, it was. <laughs> or like hide it like underneath your gown or nope. anything like that. You just, and it was, you're such a good friend. Like even, <laughs> even my husband was like, wow, like she just walked down here with a bag full of urine to come and see. <laughs> there was no other option. It had to be done. <laughs> yes. It was such, it was so special though. And we took a photo. Did I ever send you that? I don't know. We, I have we, it. So if not, I, will. I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a very special moment though. We got our little babies got to me and, um, it was amazing. So, yeah. so that was kind of your postpartum, um, healing. So how was it? Give us like a little kind of, um, summary, I guess, of what it was like, obviously with a 35 week baby, because that is different than had you delivered at 38 weeks. So yeah. um, how yeah. was that? So true. So whenever my water broke, I was super anxious right off the bat. Um, because I was like, my biggest fears were they're going to induce me and I'm, my body's not going to do what it needs to. And I'm going to end up in a C-section with which does happen with preterm labor, um, ever, you know, sometimes. And then my second thought was he's not ready. Like, um, things that could be wrong with a 35 weeker are their lungs aren't developed. Um, their sugar, it's hard for them to maintain their sugars after they're born. And so, I just had prepared myself. I was like, as soon as he's born, he might have to go to the NICU for a few days. Um, and luckily he's a champion. Um, he came out screaming. He didn't even have to go over to the NICU staff to, for them to check him out. He always stayed on my chest. Um, he breastfed amazing from the get go. And he refused to take a bottle of formula, even though that was ordered for him since he was a preemie technically. Um, and so he maintained his sugar and 
everything off of my breast milk from day one. That's amazing. It literally is amazing. And I want to brag on him so much. Yeah, it was, it was so cool. I mean, and I tried to explain to my husband, like how rare and how wonderful that was. Um, but yeah, it was, he's, he's done well. And there's, I mean, now he weighs like 13 pounds. So, and we're less than three months old. So yeah, that's awesome. And, um, that you're, you know, like you said, like for 35 weeks, that's awesome that he didn't have, you know, blood sugar problems, temperature problems, breathing problems. So Mm -hmm. as much as your, your postpartum healing was a little bit, um, difficult, you know, what a blessing that, um, he did so well, one less thing for Mm -hmm. you to kind of worry about and stress about when you were physically, you know, um, going through a lot. Yeah. The only thing was that his bilirubin was a little bit high. And so we did have to go to the pediatrician after we were discharged, I think three times to check that, Okay, but that never ended up being anything either. So yeah. Yeah. He's he's 13 pounds. I know he's a chunk. (laughs) What was he when he was born? Six eleven. Okay. So obviously him and Adam are the exact same age. Um, she was eight 11 when she was born. So two pounds bigger than him and she's 14, 14 and a half pounds right now. So that's crazy that he's already catching up. Oh, I know such a chunk because everybody sees her and is like, that is a huge 13 week old. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) 13 weeks, right? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. I'm really bad after it hit like the eight week point. I'm like, okay, we're two months now. Like I can't keep up with it right now. I'm just going to say we're three months because we are in a few days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything else to share kind of from your whole pregnancy, labor, delivery, birth, postpartum, Gosh, I don't, I don't think so. It was just, it's a blur. I know (laughs) it was so, it was so much better than I could have ever imagined. I look back on my pregnancy and I was not ready to be done. Like when my water broke, I kind of mourned for a little bit. I was like, I wasn't ready to be done being pregnant. I loved it. I loved feeling his kicks and everything. And, um, but then I, you know, once I realized he's just down the hall, like now I can go actually hold him. I got (laughs) over that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I look back on that whole experience and even the labor. Um, I'm just so proud of myself and so proud of my husband for, you know, the support that he showed. And then now we have a sweet baby and I, I want to do it again, but just not right now. <laughs> I know. I told my husband that too. I'm like, I don't know birth. Like I like enjoyed it. I was like, yeah, I would be like a surrogate maybe. I mean, I don't <laughs> know if I actually ever could, but I like to joke and say that. And I can't wait to do it again. Just, yeah, definitely not right this second, <laughs> but eventually. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm glad that you, um, you know, even though obviously a lot of things, like obviously your water breaking at 35 weeks is a huge unexpected turn. Um, right. I'm so happy for you that, you know, in the end things worked out just mm-hmm. as they were supposed to, and it was perfect. And now you have this sweet little baby and he's such like, he just seems like so easygoing and he's, he's so, so chill. He's so chill. He is. I'm yeah. He's so cute too. I saw that little <laughs> photo of him when you were making gingerbread houses. Oh, yeah. He'll just like sit in his little chairs and watch us. And yeah, yeah, he's, he's so easy going. Is We're, he rolling and everything yet? He can roll from his belly to his back, but okay. that's all. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, yeah. He's so stinking cute. <laughs> okay. So Emily, give us, um, a, your top piece of advice for, um, moms or new moms. Um, okay. It would definitely be to get on a schedule. because the first, I mean, you can't do anything when they're super new, um, because you're feeding around the clock anyways, but once it hits that point where they can start sleeping a little bit more through the night, um, we were having these late night screaming episodes to where he was losing his mind. And it was so sad. I was like, I don't know why he's upset. I don't know what to do. And so I reached out to like 
and my other advice is ask other people their opinions. Like a lot of people will give you their opinions, but you have to find a few that you trust and like stick with those. But I have this girl that I used to work with and she has two babies and she told me that newborns thrive on a schedule. And she gave me an example. And I'm telling you, we started doing that and like knowing when he's hungry. And then as soon as he yawns one time, he's down for a nap. Like we don't give him any more time to like fuss. And that has changed everything. He's so chill. He's so happy. And at nighttime, like it's not a struggle to get him to sleep anymore. And he'll sleep for hours and hours. And then he wakes up and he's happy again. So yeah. I'm so thankful for her for telling me her secret because it has just made our lives so much easier. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that like routines are super, super important. And, um, you know, it's never, like you said, like the beginning, obviously you can't have one because like they just, all they do is like eat, sleep, pee, poop. And there's kind of no way to regulate that, but it is true. Like you do definitely need a routine because, um, they just thrive on that. And even like, you know, Adeline is difficult when it comes to sleep. She's the happiest baby. She'll stare at you smiling for five hours straight. And it's like, this is, and this is my wake window, like six hours, which is not how it's <laughs> supposed to be, but I'm not kidding you. She will. And she'll be so happy. But I know the days that she's on a, like a little bit better of a schedule where she actually takes naps and stuff like that. She um, definitely does better. It's, mm-hmm. it's really important. And people just, I don't know, people are just like, Oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. And, you know, um, when, when they get tired, he'll just start to like fall asleep. And that is not, that's not true. Sometimes you no. have to coax them to sleep and, you know, they can't self-soothe yet until I think like four months old. So your baby's not just going to like put itself to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Really. So that's a great um, piece of advice. And of course, yeah. obviously like ask people who you um, trust, because I cannot tell you how many times postpartum I've texted coworkers um, or somebody I've like had on the podcast or uh, honestly probably reached out through my Instagram. Like I post on my Instagram stories all the time and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like when Adeline had reflux or when she had sleep Mm -hmm. issues or um, anything, I'm like, okay, you guys, what do you recommend? And I just ask, you know, social media in general. So you definitely have to ask because um, you just, you can't know everything. Yeah. And I appreciate the advice of people that have young children now um, I think they just have a different perspective on things than people that have had young children years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> because it's just like, I feel like you honestly either forget or things have just changed so much and like recommendations are different, um, or things that worked are different. I mean, my mom was shocked that we swaddle him. She's like, I don't, I just don't know if I like the way that that looks. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the only way that we're getting through. <laughs> like yeah. swaddles are amazing. So just that, you know, the difference in generations and things like I appreciate our generation's advice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I agree. Um, even like my mother and I'll love her to death, but like, we'll want to like put a blanket over Adeline while she's sleeping and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and, and you do definitely forget because even now, like I say like, Oh, she's the happiest baby because she really is. But I forget. if I really think back hard the first six weeks of her life, she was pretty dang fussy but it's like God's gift to us that we forget those, you know, hard first mm-hmm. weeks because it's same thing, like why we forget labor so easily. Um, and the pain of it, because, you know, we got to yeah. populate the earth, <laughs> right. You want to do it again. If you remember <laughs> exactly. Yes. And you forget the sleep deprivation so easily. Um, it, and that's just to say like, all these things are such short seasons also, you know, yeah. Um, even if your baby is four months old and struggling so bad, like it's a, such a short season in the spectrum of their life and you, you yeah. will forget it. Yeah. I I'm shocked now at how, I mean, he's already sitting up in his little sit me up seat. 
Um, and oh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. That is wild to me that we're, we're already, he's not tech, like, he's not a newborn anymore. He doesn't, he can hold his head up pretty well. It's amazing. Yeah. I, awesome. Yeah. He's just growing up so fast and it makes me sad. We got rid of all his newborn clothes the other day and I don't know. It's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. They grow out of stuff so fast. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, Emily, thank you for coming on the podcast and yes. sharing your story with us. I'm so glad I actually like got to hear it from you start to finish. Yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll enjoy looking back on this and listening to what I had to say when I forget myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.